welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today, Nikki Nornberg is back, baby. This is Woo-hoo! the third episode with Nikki. We, uh, you know, we planned to start recording 30 minutes ago, but we're starting now because we had a lot to chat about, and then I was like, we should probably just be recording our conversation and just, you know, let the listeners hear what we've been discussing, so I'm super excited to have Nikki back on the podcast today, and I'm currently working with Nikki in one of her new group coaching programs called Vibrant, and it has literally been such a great connection between like a bunch of different human beings that I never would have had the opportunity to meet all with different backstories, goals, feeling like they're meant to do more, but unsure of what that is or what it looks like. And the program is built out to help you move forward, start to create, you kind of, it's almost like school where like you have an assignment and then you never feel like fully ready to give a presentation on your assignment, but you have to do it anyways. Like we've gotten to lead a presentation on anything that we felt called to do. It could have been like moving around or I did a speaking engagement and some visualization and Um, My friend, Zach, who was on the podcast, he did a PowerPoint and it was really cool to get to see everybody come out of their shells a little bit and do something that felt really true to them. And it's just been like a light of my week getting to meet up with everyone virtually on Wednesdays. And so I was like, Nikki, let's get you back on the pod. But enough of me talking. Nikki, welcome. Woo-woo. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to be back for the third time. And I feel like what's so cool about being on this podcast multiple times is there is just like so much that shifts and happens in between these episodes. So there really is just like a plethora of new topics and conversations to talk about. So I'm just pumped to be here with you. I am so happy that you're here. And so the last time you were on was back in June. And like I was talking about, you've shifted and you've got this new program. And we were kind of chatting before about what led you to starting Vibrant. And I know personally that that word was something that just kept coming back and coming back to you. And it just felt really aligned and true to who you were for that to be the name of your program. But what was the decision around, you know, shifting away from tapped in and DCA into vibrant? Mm, great question. So first of all, I feel that everything that I have built in my business is really just a replication of something that I've been through in my life. Um, DCA tapped in was built out of my first real massive self-discovery journey. It was this coming home to myself, this uncovery of my mission and my purpose and really creating the life that I wanted. 
And that has supported so many people, including you, Alex. And I still have that program, but of course that was an evolution of me. And since that day, I have continued to evolve. Um, I went through a massive like spiritual awakening and connecting to my intuition, which also opened up my activation sessions, which are one-off kind of intuitive coach infusion, connecting people into the energy that is inside of them right now. And then vibrant is really my most recent massive evolution. And it all happened through an invitation, I'm going to say from the universe, inviting me back home to myself yet again. And I wanna just mention, in the process of our purpose and our mission, we never stop learning, growing, and shifting through our purpose. It is about the process and the journey. There is no arrival, like, oh, I've got my purpose, let's go. We have completed the mission. No, your purpose oftentimes has been with you since you were a child. You're just not cognizant or sure that it's actually being fueled through you in smaller ways that usually don't attach money or social media or things that usually show up as an opportunity in your adulthood. And I just felt that this, this new opportunity of coming home to myself was really around like business and self-expression. Because of course, when I uncovered my purpose and my mission, I was like, yes, I'm supposed to guide people back home to themselves, like give a mic to their soul and let that be the voice and the message that carries them through their life to make all decisions from. But as I developed a business around it, I started listening to people again. I, you know, started tuning into strategy. I started to tune into suggestion and did a lot of research and a lot of just like witnessing other people to see like what that could awaken in me. But what I found is that a lot of things were shoulds. And what I say oftentimes is if there's ever a should, it's usually not the thing for you. It's actually not the um, divine answer for you. And so even just like in looking at my website, I was like, does this energy really depict who I am? Do, do the words that I use really depict who I am? And in a certain sense, sure, I'm a Pisces, I'm deep. I can like get into a really um, deep poetic place. But when I started to listen to the way that people described my energy, they were like, you are bright, you are yellow, you are vibrant. And there was just more of this energy. And I was like, oh my God, like that's my essence, that's me. And I had this awakening of like, what in my life and in my business is a should? And what strategy can I just blow up? Because I wanted to just come right back into the center of who I was, give my soul the mic and say, how do you want to guide people back to themselves? What does that look like? And it's not going to look like anyone else's. It's only going to look like yours. What colors are, are those? Why are you hiding? All of these questions started coming up, but it was this deeper layer of really trying to understand how I needed to express myself in the world. And so it's like DCA was level one. And I feel like vibrant is like level two of this resurfacing of the challenge of coming back to my purpose. And I, I also, I know I've been on a tangent for a moment here, but I also feel like the reason that we keep revisiting the lessons within our purpose is because we're meant to refine the tools. We're meant to revisit them so we can continue learning and refining and guiding other people with that mission 
And so when you see it coming back around at first, you might be like, oh my God, is it happening again? But it's also like, no, this means that you are leveling up. You're ready for the next level. And so that's how Vibrant was created. I love that though. And I think sometimes it's, we, maybe we create something and then we feel like it has to remain as it always was. And that's simply not true because as we evolve, we can change what we're going to offer to the world, what we're going to bring to the world because we're ever changing. And I think that's a great reminder of like, just because you created something at one point and it felt really good, doesn't mean that it needs to remain the same always. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Okay. When you were saying that things were shoulds, what do you mean by that? Hmm. Anything that is a should usually comes from someone else. Like either it's like a, a figure of like, like you parent. should do that. Yeah. Like it's like the voice of like a parent or maybe the voice of your ego, or it's the voice of somebody that is not true you. Um, mm-hmm. Because your soul never communicates and should. Your soul is, your soul, your intuition um, is sure. And it never questions, it never uses, like the, the terminology that your soul uses or even feels in your body is so, um, what is the word I'm trying to use? It's like, it's just so sure. Affirming? Affirming. Yeah. It's so sure and affirming. It just like lands. It doesn't need explanation. It just is. And mm-hmm. so whenever I feel should, I'm like, where is that coming from? Either what programming is that coming from, from someone or somewhere else? Or what layer of my ego is that coming from? What memory is that attached to of something I've experienced in the past that is trying to keep me safe, but in reality, a should is kind of an alarm of this isn't your soul. And really the the voice of the soul is what we're always trying to tune into for every decision, um, for everything that comes out of our mouths, um, for how we plan to live our lives. Our soul is always the answer. And so I think really being able to tune into not only the energetics, which again is this cool, calm and collected sureness, um, but also the words. Words are so important. The words we speak and what they mean, the beliefs underneath them, words are everything, but the voice of our soul is always affirmative. If we feel as though our soul is telling us one thing and shoulds are creeping in, how do we start to step into our power to follow the soul over the shoulds? The very first step is awareness. Um, And I think that when we are able to discern who is our inner critic, which is the voice of the ego, and who is the voice of the soul, then we start to be able to see who's talking. And so a great way to do that um, is to drop into a quiet moment with yourself and almost invite the two energies forward and just sit them at the same table and put a statement out there. So for me, I'll say, I'm gonna give a TED talk this year. I would say that in my head and I would wait for each party to give me their statement. The inner critic is probably gonna come forward with some, you're not ready for that. What makes you think that you could do that? You've never even been a keynote speaker. Okay, I I received that. And then the soul comes forward with saying something along the lines of, that is 1000% in your path, do it. 
And you just are able to witness how they respond to the same message and see the difference. And of course, like visualization is something really important in my practice. If that's not something that you feel comfortable with proceeding in on your own, just jot down the thoughts that are coming up in your head around these things that you're trying to be decisive about. And I think that coming forward with a decision is a great place to discern critic or soul because you see the energy difference. The inner critic spirals and is very much like a scenario builder goes to all of the worst case scenarios where again, the soul is just sure. And that's oftentimes why the soul gets surpassed is because it says one thing and one thing and it leaves the room where the critic sticks around and yells in your ear for hours. And so often it's that whisper that is the voice that really needs to be heard. And so being able to discern between which voice and which energy is showing up, whether it be in a meditation or in your journal is a great place to begin. Okay. I'm going to keep my questions rolling. So if you are able to discern the two, what next? How do you actually go forward? Because personally for me, I can know that, okay, my soul is telling me one thing. This is my ego trying to get the best of me to hold me back because all of these things that come up from my ego, the inner critic. And then how do I, I, okay. I've been made aware. I'm like, okay, no, this is what my soul is telling me. Like I got to let the negative stuff stay behind. And I need to now go forward towards my soul and towards that path of alignment. But there's still just that like whisper in the back of my brain of like, the negative energy and the negative thoughts and mm-hmm. things. And so it's this like, you're like paralyzed, at least like that's what I experience. Yeah. Great question. And I, I would say, so obviously step one would be awareness between the two energies and step two is to remove the energy. And the only way for us to really remove the power and energy from the inner critic is to witness it because we're going to witness it. We're going to experience it, but to then choose to look the other way. So instead of letting the critic have all of the airtime and let it continue to sit, sit there and ruminate, it's almost like, okay, I'm first going to maybe shift to neutral. And oftentimes I think we try to go from critic to like my higher self a little bit too quickly. So shifting from inner critic to neutral, and that's where coming into the present body is so important and saying, Ooh, where am I in space right now? Am I actually safe and okay? Take a couple of breaths and just be right there in the moment. Maybe tune into your five senses to just tap in. And then it even gives your soul a little bit more space to show up. And when you hear that soul voice come through, give it more airtime. Start asking it questions. Deepen your understanding of it. And even if the soul is a little bit quiet, allow that to be loud. Write it down. Start to inquire with yourself What are some tiny little steps that I can start putting this in motion? Because here's the deal. The inner critic is noise in the head that keeps us still. The soul is an invitation to move forward and move through or past the still and stuckness. And so when you give more airtime to the soul, she, in your case, is actually saying, now, what are the steps? What are the baby steps that would actually move you into doing that. So let's go back to my example, my Ted talk example. Okay. So my soul said, let her rip. You want to do this thing, do it. You're going to do it. I would go, okay, Ted talk. So what are some small steps that are going to get me a little bit closer there? I could 
start watching TED Talks and start to get inspired by what that looks like and how I would want to show up or what I would want to wear. And then maybe I would even start to, you know, do some open mic nights on my Instagram and, and just let her rip and be live. Maybe I would apply to host an event, right? There's like all of these little things that all of a sudden we, we let that be louder than the critic. And then we remove the power from the critic and we give the power to the soul. And it's not easy. There is no snap your fingers. And all of a sudden we're doing the Ted talk. It is like constantly a practice of coming to neutral first and then choosing to really, really almost in bold letters, let the soul's message come through. Honestly, it's a lot like what we're doing in Vibrant right now is mm-hmm. just the little activities that we're all being put into action right away are things that probably are, I mean, I know for me, I can't speak for everyone, but they're bringing me closer to the things that I've always been like, well, I could do that. Just like my soul is telling me like, you could do that. But for whatever reason, I'm stuck in that paralysis. And then finally, Nikki's like, nope, you guys are going to open mic night and you're going to come and present or nope, this is what we're going to do. You're going to tell your story. And so I love that. And I think it's such a great reminder of it doesn't have to be this big, bold thing, which I feel a lot of times we can be like, well, it's on all or nothing. And it's like, that actually, I feel almost makes us stay paralyzed longer because it seems so black and white. But if we can remind ourselves, like there is some gray area and that's okay. Take those little bite-sized chunks to get you a little bit closer. And when we start to do that, other things I feel like start to show up in our lives. And we start, for me, it's the event that you and I did and the event that Kelsey and I did. It was just you know, I, I want to do more big events like that, but it was these smaller events and the joy that I got out of like preparing the workbook or preparing what I was going to share on. And then having everybody share, it was like a step in that right direction. It was reaffirming to me of like, okay, you can do this and you can do it a little bit bigger next time, or here's what you've learned. But like, it got me thinking more and believing in myself more, which I think is so important. The more we can believe in ourselves, the more likely we are to go after those things that we feel called to do. Well, and that's just such a great point. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people imagine that clarity drops down to them, like this giant gift and they all of a sudden know everything to do with it. And it's easy. And there's just this open path. And honestly, what clarity really is, is like a lot of deep healing and inner work that is not gorgeous. And then the universe gives you a dirty, dusty diamond and says, okay, here you go. (laughs) And it's through, so you've got a little bit, you're like, okay, I've got something here, but it's through action that, that you start to dust off the diamond because Action is what moves energy and we are human beings and we are here to move and to do and to embody. Um, I know I've been talking a lot about the soul, which is like on the spiritual level, but like the human body is what does and what creates actual human reaction and experience and makes our, the life that we want happen. So we have to do something. We've got this dusty jewel and we have to start cleaning it off. And that happens through taking action. So the more actions that you take, the more often that you step outside of your comfort zone into something that 
is expansive yet terrifying, right? There's that, there's like expansive fear, which is wide. Um, and there's that contracted projected fear, which is, which is like, you know, the ego completely showing up. But when you step into a place of like, oh my God, this is actually, this is going to dust off the top of my diamond. You're scared because you know that you're going to get clarity and with clarity becomes more responsibility. And with more responsibility means you got to do something with it. And that's like the whole journey about why there's pressure in finding clarity is because it means, okay, you have to keep taking action to keep, keep dusting off and clearing up and refining that golden or that diamond mission, because it's just going to, it's going to keep inviting you forward to, to make it shinier and brighter. I love the visuals of like, just this like dusty old jewel just coming down and slowly, but surely we're dusting it off and we're shining it and refining it. And for me, when I think about that, it's just a really great reminder that it's not going to be perfect and it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take action. And I could sit in my head all day and come up with really great ideas, but if I never take action, I'm never going to learn. I'm never going to grow. And the diamond's always going to stay a little bit dustier because without action, like you're talking about Nikki and without moving forward, nothing changes. I mean, we can daydream all day. I feel like that's personally, at least for me, that's the easy part. I can talk, 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 talk. It's the action where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I got, I need to take that next step forward. And coming back to what we talked about earlier, it's just small little baby steps are going to be what gets you there. It's going to be what gets you closer and starts to make your little jewel, your little diamond, a little bit shinier. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for you, you know, when you started, we've talked about the beginning of your journey and leaving a job and starting your own business. When you started tapped in and now vibrant and you're coaching and, you know, became Nikki Nuremberg and like, this is me, this is what I do. And this is what I offer the world. What was that transition? Like, like beginning, like, if you're like thinking back, like, holy cow, like this, this is where I was to now, like, how do you feel different about your journey? Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm asking. I'm probably just going to let it rip and we'll see what comes up. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. at the very beginning. And this is why I say the universe gives you a dusty jewel, because I didn't know I was building a business when I created my first program. I literally was in this place of coming out of this massive, just self-discovery journey and coming so deeply back into myself. And I kept having conversations with friends who were in the same place as me. And I just thought, oh, I got to teach people this. Like, I got to just like tell the world, like I I've been through this thing, like come with me. I truly didn't even know that the coaching industry existed. I followed like all dancers and artists and photographers. Like I had such a different Instagram then than I do now. And, um, so it was really this organic, just sharing of my story. And that's why I, I talk about that so much is because what you go through is a process that somebody else is at the beginning of and wants to come through. And so I really was just like, listen, people, I went through this process. This is like the pillars. Let me, let me show you, let me show you, you can do it too. And then all of a sudden it started changing people's lives and it started becoming like, oh, there's this thing of coaching. And, and that's where I started to just refine that muscle and learning how to support people 
in that role with what I had naturally built. I was like, just through the doing of teaching it to people, I was dusting off that, that diamond and like, oh, oh, here it is. And now obviously my diamond is much clearer, but there's also way more responsibility because I'm more visible and I'm showing up and I'm supporting more people and I'm supporting them in new ways. And I don't have, um, it's like, like every single effort that I put into my business, like is what comes back. Like you can't, when you're an entrepreneur doing this thing, like you take six months off for your wedding, like I did your business dies. Right. And so it's really this, like this relationship, this nurturing of like really what I put into it and how I show up is also what comes back to me and what fills me. Like I took a six month break pretty much of working around my wedding and moving. And I felt, although I was on like a high from, of course, my wedding, my purpose had died because I wasn't doing it. And I felt so disconnected. And so like my business really is this, is this symbol of well-being for me, because when I'm showing up for people, it also shows up for me in return. And it's this like beautiful relationship of give and receive, um, energetically and supportively. And, um, yeah, so it just, it just has a bigger role in my life and, and a greater responsibility from, from all sides, but it's beautiful because I think we always have something in our life that is teaching us, that is challenging us. And for some it's relationship for some it's motherhood, for some it's work, right? Whatever it may be, but we all have a vehicle for that. And my work is that for me. And it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. If you could go back and tell yourself at the very beginning of this, like, Hey, Nikki, this is where you're going to be. Or if you're like thinking about what feelings maybe you experienced in that beginning part of this journey? Like, what would you tell her? Don't look at anyone else. Just go like truly so simple. Put your blinders on, tune into your heart, stay inspired and creative and let that drive every ounce of what you do. Because that is, that is it. That's what I lost when I, you know, came into this second chapter of reconnecting into my purpose and myself was I opened my blinders up and I looked at what everyone else was doing. And when I created my first program, I didn't look at anybody. I just looked inside. And so yeah, blinders on, stay in your inspired, creative heart and just go and don't look back. Well, and that's a, it's a good reminder because I think we can sometimes be like, well, someone else is already doing that. Someone else is already doing that, but there's no you, right? Or they're not you. There's a you, but they're not you. And so even if they are doing the same type of thing, it's not actually the same thing. And we have to remind ourselves of that. Like what we have to offer is going to be completely different than what someone else offers. Even if it's in like the same realm, we're our own unique self. Our experiences are different and there's so much power in our experiences, in our stories. And if we're able to recognize that and see the power of 
just living life and being able to speak to where we've been, what we've learned, that's going to help someone else. And like you were talking about, Nikki, you are able to be like a guide for others because where you were is where someone is right now. And they just need you to show up and speak from your experience to help guide them to get out of that feeling of being stuck, to move forward and to take those baby steps. But you need to show up and be able to be that expander for them by them seeing you do it. They're like, shit, I've been there before. I've wanted to follow my passion, but I didn't think I could do it. But then they see Nikki doing it and they're like, okay, I can do this and I can start to show up. But it, it is a little bit of like, maybe you don't see anyone else doing it. That's okay. doesn't mean you can't be the first one. Or if you do see someone else doing it, let them be not your competition. Let them be the person that guides you, that it helps you to expand beyond where you are right now. Yeah. And I think it's just so important to trust your process. And we talk about this in Vibrant, like we talk about create your own rules, find what is easy for you. Like if reels are really fun and exciting for you, great. If you literally hate them, don't do them. Like one of my coaches is so successful and she's not on social media. And that was so expansive to me because I was like, she actively made the choice that said, this doesn't serve me. Instead, I am going to really lean into high quality coaching and word of mouth. And that has how my business is going to grow. And she is very, very successful. So it's like, empowering yourself to make those choices and trust that the way that you naturally want to teach or to guide is the best way. Like for me, I mean, I like get people dancing. I take people through like some spiritual stuff. Like I, I'm also like, I can be tough at times. I can also be really like funny at times. Like there's just a lot. And that's just what being in my world is, but other people, the way that they lead is much different. And that is a testament of your soul and your vibrance and what your gifts, how your gifts come out. And I think that being empowered to make the decisions to say, I like to do this. I don't like to do that. And trusting that that is what the decision you need to make and what works for other people isn't going to work for you. What works for you is what works for you. And the greatest measurement of what works for you is ease and like inspiration or creativity. So when we are creative, that means that we are in overflow. There is an abundance of energy inside of us to give from. And ease usually happens, creativity happens when we are in ease, when we are in overflow. And ease is when there is, there is not this massive effort or pushing or forcing something to happen. Does it mean that everything in business and life is easy? Absolutely not. Believe me, there are some captions that took me hours to write that still needed to come out of me, but it took shifting and saying, hey, maybe I need to come back to this in the morning when my brain is more creative, when my body is more alive, right? It's just being really in tune with where your creator and your ease live in your life experience. For you... What helps you to get into the creative process? Great cue. Um, Hands down, I am a morning person. And, you know, it's so funny because in a previous chapter of my life, 
and you'll know this, I was like big on morning routines and I now have elongated my morning routine so long. And then I work out and then I come home and I dread coming home because I'm like, Oh crap. Now I have to work in the deadest zone of my energy, which is like the mid to late afternoon. So lately I have been saying, wow, the morning is when my brain really wants to move into do. So I've been leaning into getting into creation right away in the morning and letting that be my morning routine, but it has to be creative. It can't be tasks. It has to be writing a caption, thinking of, you know, Instagram stuff, or even like emails or ways that I want to support my clients. It has to be creative in the morning. And then I'll give myself a little break if I want to tap in, read a book, whatever. And then my afternoon feels a lot better. So that's like morning is my time. Otherwise nature 1000% connects me back into my soul. It gives me an inspiration. I don't even need to think about it. Just gives, 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 gives. And I open my heart up to just receive that like massive energy that is available. And movement is always, you know, a great way to tune into um, playing music moving your body in an intuitive way and really just like seeing what comes up. Cause some days you want to dance to like Kesha and other days you want to dance to like a depressing crying song. And it's just letting whatever needs to connect into your energy connect. What does nature teach you? Everything. (laughs) Nature teaches you, teaches me to slow down and to realize that I'm part of something so much greater than just my life and my world. I think we get so caught up with our stories and I'm not talking about like the magical, your story impact version. I'm talking about the stories we tell ourselves that create our limiting beliefs. Um, and so being in nature makes, makes you feel like everything's okay. And it also connects me to my inner child. I spent so much of my youth in nature and it's just like, she comes alive when I'm there and I like feel her again. And I like want to go pick up sticks and like create little teepees and like make a fort. Like I want to do that stuff. And I think that like our inner child is so creative and so imaginative. Like I used to also totally make up stories in the woods with my neighbors. And it's just like, being able to disconnect from the stress and the, the things that you think that life needs from you and to be able to just be a human existing in your body on planet earth is what nature does to me. It's crazy because I feel as though if you haven't talked about the symbolism of nature before, you don't really think about it until someone else brings that to topic or like brings that to light for me I think I've always loved hiking and exploring and just the natural high of being out in the outdoors challenging my body and my mind and then like you get to the top and it's just this feeling that there's nothing like it and I always loved it and probably within the last few years it started to shift in almost something so much more it always was therapeutic, but now I get more out of it as I'm able to like see so much more vastness in front of me. Like last month we went to the Mirror Woods and the Redwoods and it was just like, holy shit, there are these massive trees that have been growing for years and they are down to the root and they just stand tall and 
grounded and it's just like this natural energy that you feel being surrounded by something so beautiful and so old it's not I mean they're old but like something just like I don't even know when you're when we were like around all the trees I was just like this is insane like these are massive and they're together and they're in community and then like you look up and you're like wonder what they can see from the top and they stand firm in like what they are and it's like a reminder to me to like stand firm in who I am and the symbols that I learned from the different things around me are just like such a great reminder when we can like slow down and just observe I went on this um I think it was called a nature bath do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. I did a nature bath meditation where we hiked up on the North shore just in silence. And I'd never done that before. I'd always been talking with someone while we were hiking or um, listening to music and just like being silent. And she gave us this like sheet of different things to observe and be aware and listen for. And it was like a whole door open for me to just challenge myself next time I'm outside go without music really look around what do you hear what do you notice and it made the whole experience just I felt more connected to nature than I ever had before and so when we were doing this hike even though I was with friends most of the time we were kind of walking in silence and it allowed me to just be fully present and that experience reminded me in life, the importance of like how we're always taking things in and to step away and stop taking things in, like turn the notifications off, put the phone down and just like observe from the day to day and let myself be fully present. And that's something I'm totally working on. But that experience of like the nature bath, is that what it's called? Yeah. People call it like forest bathing. Yeah, yeah. Forest bathing. That's what it was. Um, it helped me to just take that and translate it into life of like, okay, just let yourself be Alex. Don't feel like you always have to be available. Like you always have to be consuming, just slow down and like, look what's around you and be fully there because presence, at least for me is a really challenging thing. Oh yeah. And I think, I think silence is scary for people because I think silence is where clarity comes. And I think as much as people say, oh, I want clarity when they hear it, they're like, oh, that's, I didn't want to hear that. Or like, that's too scary. And I think that silence is sometimes thing, something we run from and we keep filling with noise um, because we're trying to like overhuman our experience. We're trying to manipulate it and control it ourselves when we just like pause in silence and we're present the reality comes forward. The clarity comes forward. Life comes alive in a way we've never seen it before. And sometimes that can be a lot to take in for people. Um, and I just, I think when we are in nature and we are silent, we're also being held. So it feels safer because mother nature is a feminine energy and it's this nurturing. And I think sometimes it's alarming for people to do, you know, meditations or be in quiet because the mind is still wandering, but nature invites an invitation to be like, you're safe here, you're held here. And while you were talking, Alex, I also was like getting visions of, um, remember how we talked about how we were going to do a day long retreat this summer? 
yeah. putting this out oh, into yeah. the universe that we're going to do that. And we we're are going, going to, to go on a silent hike. Add yes. it to the list. hundred yep. <laughs> percent. I'm at it right now. <laughs> you heard it here first, y'all. We are going to host a day <laughs> retreat this summer. We are for sure. We have to. We have to. There, I feel like there's so many lessons in life, right? Like whether it's nature, whether it's looking back on who you were as a child and we don't see the things that are available right in front of us until, at least for me, we do a little bit of digging or we hear someone else talk about it. Like, honestly, until you and I had talked about inner child work, I had never even thought about like, oh my gosh, what was I like as a kid? And how have I like, silenced her as to the woman that I am today and how can I like bring her back up into present and like be the little girl that I've always been inside of me and I think too just having kids has helped me to like really see like okay how do I want to show up like I don't want to have Claire or Griff feel like they can't be themselves one way that I've noticed Claire is a lot like me is like we would probably be classified as too much, which is something that I definitely was told as a kid, like you're too loud or you're too crazy or you're too wild. And, you know, I think about that. I see that a lot. I'm like, oh yeah, she's a wild child, but I feel we need to learn to let, just like we let children embrace that. We need to let ourselves embrace that. And that was something that was so eye-opening to me that I never thought of. And same with nature. I've always loved, like I said, being in the outdoors, but I hadn't really thought about all the things that it could offer me until this last year when I've just listened to some podcasts and people were talking about symbolism and nature. And I had a guest on earlier who leads, um, symbol, like she calls them like nature hikes but they're like called something else. And Mm -hmm. she does like this beautiful meditation as they're walking through. And it's all about personal growth and self-discovery and utilizing the nature around you to see what it's actually teaching us. And I love these conversations because my hope is that the listeners walk away and they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. when I'm outside next time, I'm going to start to slow down and I'm going to start to observe. And I'm going to learn a little bit about what's going on around me and how that in my mind translates into our lives. Well, totally. And I think that if when we become so aware of what's surrounding us and what's already available to us, we start to recognize how much healing and activation is available. You're never alone. You're never actually stuck. There are options, right? Um, nature can be very healing, healing, you know, I want to talk about the difference between healing and activation for a moment. Cause healing is really like old energy. It's been with you for a long time. There's history. There's almost like an imprint in your energy. And it's almost like an incomplete cycle that needs to like fill the hole. It needs to be like a cycle that is complete so that you can move forward. Okay. So that's more healing is kind of like sending nurturing into that gap for the cycle to complete so that you can feel ah, more whole and move forward. But then an activation is more of like the expansive energy, the blossoming energy, the remembering energy, the remembering. It's like, oh, I remember that. And then putting it into action, right? It's like these things that have always been inside of you that have almost been planted as seeds that need the nourishment, that need the growth and and are ready to expand, right? So healing is more 
internal, complete the cycle, the circle and activation is like, you're growing a freaking garden with what's already inside of you. And I think nature, we keep talking about nature. Um, but even for you, like the symbol of your kids being around are also these massive activators, these like invitations of like, Oh my God, like I'm seeing something that is also me. And the way that I show up is also nurturing my seed, which is also helping me expand and grow and fully embrace and embody like all that I am, because I'm not too much. I'm not too loud. I'm perfect as I am. Um, so, so yeah, just being really cognizant of like what around you is supporting your healing journey and your activation journey. And if there's nothing that is, what a great call to start seeking that out. When you're talking about, I'm just going to ask some deeper questions let's go (laughs) when you're talking about healing journey are you speaking to something in particular or it could be someone you know going through a a never relationship going through a job change what in your mind just so if someone's listening is like I don't know am I in a healing journey like what would be a situation that would be healing does that make sense every so many situations I don't want to like label what it is but I yeah. feel like you know that you are in need of healing when it feels like you can't move forward and take action yet it's like something in you needs deeper looking at and deeper nurturing and healing um and you know healing looks like so many different modalities it looks like therapy it looks like craniosacral reiki emdr like there are so many different versions and i think what happens often is sometimes we get into a healing journey and we never allow it to stop like i when i went through my big old spiritual awakening i was also just like unpacking my mother wound my friendship wounds i just opened every wound or like unfinished circle that i hadn't looked at and I just felt so heavy because I kept going back to the healing, healing, healing. And I remember Nikki Novo said, you need to stop healing. You need to move forward and like make the conscious choice because it's easy to just get stuck in that. But sometimes in order to complete the circle of healing, you got to look at it, you got to nurture it. But the complete completion of the circle is to move from it. And so then I got back in activation And activation is like, you start to feel that there's more or on the other side of this stuckness is clarity. Um, And and usually a little bit of fear and imposter syndrome and wanting to hide comes up. But activation is like, let's do something about this. Let's move forward. Let's see what the universe has in store for me. And yeah, and and usually it, it heals in return. It's like the end component of healing. Like for me, I think that I healed a piece of my inner child by creating a brand new program of vibrant and stepping forward. And because very similar to you, Alex, like too much, I had so many emotions. I was always like performing and doing being told too much. And I was like, finally saying I'm embracing being a lot. And I'm helping other people step into their vibrance and their bigness. And that activation completed that healing cycle for me. So I'm going to give it like a scenario. So for me, let's say you're in a relationship with someone and 
it's not the relationship that you need. Like you've recognized that. And for whatever reason, you're like staying there, staying there. And then finally you step out of that healing journey because you've started to do that inner work and you take action for that relationship to come to an end. Would you then be going back into a healing journey because now you're navigating this newness? Well, it just depends on how it impacts you. If you, if you set a relationship free because you know it's in your highest and greatest good, that feels expansive to me. That feels actually like the, like the choice is actually an activation where the person that you may be letting go may fall into a deep healing. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like a scenario. Well, it's just, I think it's, it really is just tuning in. And sometimes it's a little bit of both, right? Like sometimes we might need to sample on like, Ooh, maybe I need to dig some things up in this capacity so that I feel equipped to move into the activation. Cause as I mentioned again, like healing is a lot of like old, it's like memories from your youth that like, you're just realizing are still impacting you today. And the activation is like, who you are here today and how you're going to take that information and move forward in an empowered way from it. It's wild to me just how much more like our memories and traumas and things like that we're starting to realize and like unearth like, oh, that thing that happened when I was four years old is something that is still a part of me today and I appreciate that people are having those conversations around like I'm trying to heal from that I'm trying to unlearn that or I'm trying to understand how that has impacted me today and that ties in with like the too muchness I didn't always realize that that was something that I was still holding on to and I've like done the work to realize like okay just like you were talking about it's time to activate that too muchness and just like here I am and like be big I have saw this TikTok the other day and it was like for anybody that's report card said talks too much what do you do for a living and I was like well I'm a fitness coach and I have a podcast so I talk a lot but it was like that to me was such a great reminder of we were scolded for talking too much but actually that's a big and beautiful part of who I am as I love talking with people, getting to know people, have conversations with them. I like to be personable and dig in. And I think things that once maybe we were told were negative, we have to realize like they're actually not. And just like you were saying, Nikki, they're a part of who we are and we need to be able to like embrace that bigness or whatever it is that maybe at one point we were told like to shun away, we need to bring back up and unearth. Yeah. And it it comes back to ease. You easily talked a lot because it was natural for you, right? It's like, that is where so much of our, our true essence comes through is when things happen to us with ease. Like I, I was always just like gathering the people around. I was like, come on people, let's, let's talk, let's dance. Let's like, I was teaching like everybody that I knew how to dance. I was like, do you want to come over? I'll teach you a dance. And then we're going to perform it for my parents. Like ease. I wasn't just like, I should do this. It just was what the soul wanted to do. And so, yeah, really exploring, like, what are your outliers? Like, what were you, yeah, told not to do, told were too much. And usually those are the things that our soul is meant to embrace the most. And I just want to call forward this beautiful 
documentary called The Alpinist on Netflix that this guy was like his mom saw in him at a young age he is not built for regular school he like climbs on things he can't pay attention all he wants to do is be in nature and climbing rocks and she embraced that she saw that and she said i want my son to succeed and feel fully himself and so she like homeschooled him and spent majority of their days learning through nature and he turned into being the most like successful, impressive free climber the world has ever seen. And just like let his soul do what he wanted to do. And it was just so beautiful to like see the process of somebody whose fullness had been embraced from the very beginning, what that allowed for him to do. I just thought, wow, like it was, it was so beautiful. I think everybody should watch it. It's a very moving documentary, but, um, it's powerful because I felt that he was limitless because he really, I mean, he was literally without ropes on the mountain scaling things, but he felt limitless because he was encouraged to embrace his muchness. Those documentaries are wild and crazy. And I, it makes me think of free solo. Uh, have you seen free solo? Not yet, but now I need to, because okay. he was interviewed in this. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, free solo, Maru, I'm trying to think what other ones are like that, where you're just whole, like, I can't even understand what's going through their mind to decide to do something like that, but it's something that they feel so called to do. And in the documentaries, they're talking about like, Jimmy Chin's talking about, you know, I might, I might die, but this is, this is what I meant to do. And his mom's like, I, I just, I can't understand it, but he knows like this, this is what my soul's purpose is to go out and live this crazy lifestyle and to do this thing. And it's such a great reminder. Like, we're not going to understand other people's passions. We're not going to understand what their soul's work is. So like, let other people live out their soul's purpose. Let us live out our soul's purpose and like be confident in that and understand that not everybody's going to get it and they don't need to like we just have to understand like this is true to us and be like firm and stand tall just like those redwoods do in the forest in what our purpose is yeah and just think about how much time we spend thinking about other people in the capacity of like judgment and like shoulds and like uh, comparison. If we brought all of that energy and attention back into self and just say, how do I want to show up? What decision would be the most empowered for me? What am I feeling? Like all of a sudden the clarity and the joy and the fulfillment begins to show up. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, I said this in our vibrant call, one of the, one of the girls was like questioning everything. And I said, I want you to try to answer your question yourself, because it's like we constantly reach out to other people for confirmation and validation. But again, the effort of come back to self, what if you ask yourself that question? And I think so much clarity comes forward when let's say, okay, what is the question? Let's say there's two answers. You, you say out the first answer. How does that feel in your body to say that answer? You're going to, you're going to know if you say one and you feel into the other. There's, there's going to be a reaction, whether you like it or not, 
of one of those scenarios. And so it's, it's constantly this coming back to self and not selfish, not in a selfish way, because in fact, I do believe that we become better people to the people in our lives when we have a deeper knowing of who the hell we are and what our greatest gifts and, and mission and impact can be, because that's when we are really fully living out our soul's journey. I was reading quotes for my ripple reading this week and Marie Forleo had a quote and it said, a person's opinion is not the truth. It's their truth. Hmm? And that was like such a good reminder to me of like, that's just someone else's truth, but that's not actually what is to be true. And the more we can be able to recognize and discern that and just know that everyone has their own version of truth, but it's not the truth. Yeah. Um, I just thought that that was like a really great reminder. Yes. I also had one other quote that kind of ties into this too. It was, you wouldn't have the dream in your heart if you didn't already have what it takes to make it happen. Bingo. Baby. And I was like, Whoa. bingo bongo bingo bongo bingo. <laughs> bingo bongo bingo <laughs> um but yeah I mean it's like we talked about this in vibrant but it's like feedback is really neutral information if we receive feedback from people sure take it into account but like trust that yeah it's not it's their opinion it's their truth and um we get to discern and um I just think we get so attached to the feedback. I mean, God, when I went to LA, every single rude choreographer or person auditioning me that told me I was too vanilla, I wasn't interesting enough, I fully took that into my bones and I believed it was true. And that screwed up my power for a really long time. And honestly, I still am working through that. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had that before I, I heard those things. Like I felt very empowered. And when I received those things, I took it as truth. And it's taken me now what I've been out of the dance scene for like five years. I'm still coming back. Um, because yeah, I took it as real and honesty and was like, oh, I'm not worthy. And in reality, I'm like, no, I was literally just not the one that they needed in that time. And I was actually needed in a totally different place. And I like appreciate that so much, but I just totally wonder what the journey would have been like for me if I knew this information then and was able to say that's their truth, not yours. It's, it's hard to do that though. I think we take others' opinions and feedback to heart so much, but we just need to remind and remind ourselves again of just that is their thought that is their opinion it's not the truth it's it might be true like you were saying for that scenario you might not have been the right fit and they needed someone else but that doesn't mean that you actually are vanilla or that you you know what I mean we have to recognize like that's just their opinion pouring out but that's not actually us. And the more that we can get really grounded in who we are, we're going to feel more confident and be able to discern that. But it takes doing the work. It takes showing up. It takes getting to know who we are, reconnecting to the roots and like finding ourselves again. And that's a constant, constant journey. Well, and it, it makes me think of like 
Gunther taught me this, the crowding out method. I think it's like a dietary kind of conversation instead of saying, don't eat the donuts. It's like eat more vegetables. So it's not like restricting. It's more just like inviting in, but it's like, if, if there are constant places where you're receiving feedback, like in your job, if that's just like part of the way that your job is constructed, make sure that you are crowding out that feedback and like projected their truth with more connection and knowing of self, because that's the only thing that's going to allow for you to not take it in is by the knowing and the connection into you. Um, because if you're just receiving, receiving feedback without true connection to self, I mean, you're going to suck it in like a sponge. So that's where the real call, like you said, it's like consistent work and effort, but building so much resilience and, and then you get to actually access and feel your own truth and not somebody else's. That was amazing. This was amazing. I could keep talking with you. (laughs) It's just like, I, I, I love these conversations because it's not like I'm an expert in this and every time I have someone on the podcast, it's just such a reminder that we all have the opportunity to learn and to grow and having these discussions is such an eye-opening experience to, for me, I feel like encouraged and excited about the journey. And I love talking about like resilience and react, like accessing your own truth. And I, I do love that crowding out method. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true though. Like the more you can like pour into versus like thinking of like what you're taking away. I mean, that definitely is such a good thing to think about of like, okay, I'm constantly being told this. How can I bring in more positive energy, more light? What things do I need to do to like refill my cup? And these conversations just help me even just as the podcast host, I get so excited after them because it's just like reignites that flame in me to be like, okay, that isn't my truth. Okay. What do I notice outside? Okay. How am I reconnecting with my inner child? And my hope as you, the listener is like, you feel that same source of energy and excitement in these conversations. And Nikki, you are such a light and you radiate so much vibrancy out into the world. I am so happy. Like three years ago, we randomly got connected on Instagram because literally you've impacted my life and created so many ripples in my life. Like it's crazy when I think about it, all the different ways that you've impacted me. And so I hope you listening, if you're not already connected with Nikki, go connect with her because she's going to impact you in some way, shape or form. So Nikki, thank you. Mm. Truly. Thank Thank you. you. I'm over here like tearing up, trying not to get into like full cry mode because I allowed for my heart to really receive that. And I am just so proud of all of the ripples that you have created already and all of the continuous ones you continue to create. Every single person that knows you is so freaking lucky because just by you being you, like you truly change people and help them believe in themselves. So I am so freaking proud of you. Oh, I love you. Why is it so hard to receive compliments? <laughs> <laughs> Just open that heart, baby. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> Nikki, this has been so awesome. I'm so happy we got back on the pod and hopefully everyone listening, you've walked away feeling impacted in some way, shape or form. Where can the listeners actually... <sighs> God, oh my God, I'm just forgetting my favorite question. What is the ripple that you want to create? 
I want to create the ripple of people believing that they can make an impact in the world because I fully believe, I mean, you don't have to be a coach. You don't have to be a motivational speaker. Every person is meant to make a massive impact in the world. That's why you're here. And so it is my hope that I can continue to support people in igniting and activating their impact. I love it. I can't believe I almost forgot that. Um, where can my listeners find you? G is where she is the most active folks. So at Nikki.Norenberg is the spot. And then NikkiNorenberg.com is, you can see my brand new vibrant website with all of my fun colors and seventies vibe, um, where I am much more myself. Yes. I love it. I love, I do love the, the new website and I will take all of this in the show notes until next time. Let's go out and start creating ripples. Woo. Woo.